This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And as I said, going into the break, uh, you are going to love this or hate it or certainly identify with this. Have you ever or when was the last time you tried to get through any branch of the federal government, maybe to get some information or clarification? Good luck with that. So the Auditor General has found that eight million Canadians who tried to speak to a federal official to obtain information were forced to hang up or told to go to a website or call back later. And that is according to the Auditor General. Now, I have to tell you, I have no problem doing things by email. I prefer it if you have the email of a person who is perhaps on the other end of the email and will respond to it. If you want to get in touch with me, I have to confess, email me, don't call me, and I'll get back to you pretty quickly. But this, it's just going into the ether. Now, the other big problem flagged in this Auditor General's report, which is just in, is that Canada's asylum system which we've just been talking about, is unable to cope with surges in the number of claimants, resulting in a backlog of more than 71,000 refugee claims, and asylum seekers are waiting an average of two years for a decision. And Doug Ford just tweeted, and I haven't seen this number, he's blaming the feds, of course, saying the federal government has broken our immigration system by allowing illegal illegal border crossers to drive up the wait time to up to five years. And uh, I have not seen where that five years come from, but we have some very able people with us to sort through this. First, let me give you the numbers I want to hear about the last time you tried to call the federal government. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. 40. And right now in studio, we have Laura Tamblin Watts from CARP with us and on the line, Giddy Mammon, immigration lawyer with uh, immigration lawyer. Hi there, both of you. Hey, how are you? Hi, Fine. how are you doing? Okay, let us start with Giddy. Uh, any surprises here? Not at all. Um, the government is always making grandiose promises about how how faster they're going to be and how how much more efficient they're going to be. Uh, but what's basically happened is in uh, when when uh, the Liberal government was uh, uh, was elected, uh, there was an inclination to welcome everyone to Canada who seemed to be displaced, and no surprise, we went from about twenty twenty four thousand claimants a year. Last year we had 55,000, and this year I have no doubt it'll be even more. Um, the problem is that they don't allocate more resources. They don't go out and hire more judges. They don't build more hearing rooms. They don't hire more hearing officers. So the inevitable is going to happen. A two, you know, a one-year process is going to become a two-year process, and a two-year process is going to become a five-year process. And that's what we're witnessing right now. And is that five-year number accurate? 
not today it isn't, but it will be. Uh, we just don't have the bodies to move that many uh, hearings. Uh, you know, uh, today one of the lawyers in my office uh, came to me this morning and said she was asked just to sit in another room uh, because not only did they book all of the hearing rooms, but they booked more than the hearing rooms that they had uh, in the hopes that one hearing would go down and they would save that hearing room uh, time. But, uh, of course, everybody showed up, uh, and so her hearing was canceled, and she had to come back to the office because they're just aren't any hearing rooms and any judges. You have to go out and hire or build those resources. You can't just go on television and say, oh, don't worry, we're going to be able to manage all of this with the existing resources. It just doesn't work like that. Wow. Laura Tamblin Watts, Chief Public Policy Officer for CARP. So uh, I'm even surprised that anybody would even flag the fact that you can't get through to anyone in the federal government by phone. I mean, I kind of knew that. How does that affect your members, people in an older demographic? We know it's a real challenge for people to actually talk to somebody on the phone, particularly for older adults, and really for anyone who's got a question or a problem. You know, 15 emails back and forth is often unhelpful anyway. And for many older people who may not be quite as au fait with modern technology, it's especially difficult. How much easier it is to get somebody on the phone with some kind of authority to help walk you through the problem and fix the problem. But we know that's not what's happening. Eight million. Does that number surprise you? It's high, but it doesn't especially surprise me. I'm glad to see that they are doing this kind of a report because there are standards for which callbacks and response rates are supposed to be met. And so while eight million is a high number, I can't say I know anyone who would be shocked to hear it. Yeah. And it's interesting because when you do get through, they always say this phone call may be recorded. I mean, is anyone listening? It makes you wonder if anyone is listening. And I mean, they have to say that in order that they can share things for quality assurance purposes. But what we see is also people get hung up on or they, you know, the connection somehow mysteriously gets lost and people can't find their way back. And so what we know is that older people especially need to be able to get services in ways that make sense to them so they can solve the problems. These are taxpayers. These are people who are, you know, full citizens of this country and are having especially challenging time. But true, this is for all Canadians as well. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the top things that people would be calling about and they would be employment insurance benefits, Canada pension plan and old age security and immigration matters. And we know in other countries, and I'll use the UK or Australia as, you know, common comparators, where they have redone some of the government service connections to a really good system, where you have sort of a one-stop shot. Sometimes you can even go in person and get the counterfront service that we haven't seen in a long time for our federal government as easily as we might want, or phone or email. So we know it can be done. And we know it's a big ship to steer and to move, so we understand that. But something has to change. This is unacceptable. Well, yeah, and we have call centers. And Giddy, I believe the last time we talked, it was about that lottery for bringing family members in, which which happens by phone, and uh, that's a disaster as well. Well, yeah, that that was a, a process that was done on uh, the internet. You had to um, log in at a precise time, and within just about eight or nine minutes, uh, you know, the entire inventory was gone. 
and uh, it was just outrageous the way this government uh, is, is doing things. Uh, it would have been so easy to just leave the application process open for a week or a month, and then, you know, regardless of how many people apply, they could have just simply randomly, uh, through a lottery system, just picked out the lucky ones. Uh, but no, they, they made us sit there and race to get an application, an, impor- an important application done, and then it was shut down in eight minutes. So by the time you blinked, it was over. Do any of your clients have to deal with you or deal with a lawyer because they can't get a simple question answered? Um, uh, it, it's actually, uh, you know, I have to be careful with what I say, but a lot of the times that they call immigration, they actually get the wrong information. It's not, it's not just simple <laughs> questions. They get the wrong information because the person on the other phone uh, is, is fairly anonymous. They don't really have necessarily your interests at heart. They're answering the phones and answering the questions that you pose to them. But they're not soliciting more and more information. So, for example, the answer to a simple question may have been correct. But when you were to ask further questions of the the potential uh, applicant and you find out that maybe he had been removed from Canada or he had an application refused or he had been uh, he had maybe charges against him or a criminal, a minor criminal matter, it completely changes the experience and the the resulting information. And so a lot of people are told, you know, they rely on basic information, they apply, they wait a year or two or three, and then they find out that their application was refused. And they say, well, this is what I was told by the call center. Well, the call center wasn't your lawyer. They, they weren't being paid by you. They were being paid to answer the phone. They answer the phone, and that's the end of it. So you have to be very careful uh, with that because, it, you know, if you act on bad or incomplete information, um, it can uh, not only um, slow you down, but it can prejudice you in the future. Uh, and makes your situation worse, not better. And Laura, have you had experiences where people might have gotten through and then got bad information? We see that people just tend to get very frustrated and are often quite confused by the time they actually do get a call. And so because it doesn't happen in an easy way, you know, people aren't necessarily always their best selves or they're quite frustrated and, and challenged. We know that with OAS and CPP and other common information, like your colleague had mentioned, we'll get the first couple answers right because they have training in that. But anything much beyond those first couple of answers usually has to be escalated to somebody. And then that's a second problem that we run into. Okay. We have to take a break pretty soon, but I'm going to take one call before the break. We have Hunter in Brantford. Hello there. Hi. Uh, how are you doing? I, I'm, I'm the guy who uh, mistakenly accused you of being Moses and I were, uh daughter. <laughs> That's okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah, right on. Um, I had the same problem uh, without being able to get through to them. Uh, I'd like to know one other thing, right? Our last uh, prime minister was uh, uh, well known for uh, skipping uh, skipping the country when there was a heat, heated issue on the what? on the table. So uh, I'd like to I'd like to find out where he sits in that in that stew. Uh and I think what's important in terms of, you know, doing the the important checks on all of the governments, yes, this is what the Auditor General has looked at right now. They certainly did do similar ones under the previous government as well. We'd have to dig that up. But I know that it's not a new problem. 
Yeah, no kidding. It's not a new problem, but I would venture it is gotten worse. Uh, Hunter, thanks for your call. We are going to the phones first. We've got Alma in Kitchener. Hello, Alma. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are I'm you? I'm so happy you brought this subject today on the radio. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm a brown person, brown skin, Asian from Africa. Right. I was working in a group home for so long, and I was the only one who was working seven days a week nonstop because they could not find any staff to work like that. And then at the end of the journey, before I retired, they kicked me out. They didn't pay me any money, nothing at whatsoever. I've been talking to Ottawa for a long, long period of time, and they always give me answer. Yeah, we are working on it, working on it, but nobody is working on that issue. Uh huh. So you do get through, but you don't get any answers. Is- no, nothing whatsoever. And this is going on last ten years. Wow. You're very patient, Alma, I must say. I was choiceless. I have no power. Well, thank you for sharing that. Appreciate it. And I'm so helpful, and I'm so happy for you bringing this subject today for me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Bob in Mississauga. Hello, Bob. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I find there's a big difference when you try to call the CRA, uh, either have lots of time on your hands or they tell you to call back later. But with Veterans Affairs, if you try to call them, they'll almost guarantee you you'll get an answer within two to five minutes. You know, that's that's interesting because, according to this report, services to veterans is an area where people have had trouble. But, Laura, you know something about that. Well, we saw at one point that the services to veterans was really quite problematic. Um, but there were additional resources added to support response rates to Veterans Affairs. So we have seen that it's better than it was before. It's not necessarily ideal, but with more capacity has shown some better responses. Okay, well, that's a little bit of uh, good news. Bob, have you tried to get through on anything else? Uh, No, but could I uh, make one suggestion? Sure. I think to service the veterans who are seniors, it'd be an excellent idea if the Legion and CARP got together. Okay, thanks for that. All right. So people are having trouble getting through, but here we're hearing and also from you, Giddy, well, you know, maybe once you do get through, uh, it's not so good either. Um, you're, you're right. Uh, the, the people who are uh, answering the phones uh, for the immigration department, um, they have uh, what I would describe as limited experience. I think they're answering questions uh, in a general way uh, that just don't suit the the personal and unique facts of the case. And I think it's uh, I think it's a buyer beware sort of uh, situation. I, I think uh, if if people want to um, make sure that their best interests are protected. Uh, that they make sure that they have someone who's willing to sit there and engineer a solution that suits their their own particular circumstances because general advice sometimes doesn't fit uh, everybody. Um, it's generally right, but not always right. And generally when people are calling, they tend to have a situation that may be a little bit more complicated than the average situation. Otherwise, they wouldn't need to call for extra information because there's a lot of information available online. Laura, when people are calling for information again about pensions, old age security, all of that, 
if they do get through, do they get the right information? We see often people are really trying to problem solve. So there's there's sort of two kinds of reaching out. The one is sort of basic information where if they had a computer or felt that they could use the computer, you could probably get on the front page of the website. How old do I need to be? Where do I send this to? And so on. Those tend to be answered, you know, quite aptly. Where we see a big challenge and that's like your other uh, colleague was saying, is when they're trying to problem solve a specific case. That's a that's a real issue. And people tend to be quite anxious or upset because they've been waiting on the phone and they're trying to figure out how to problem solve. So we see that the responses are not as good when they're trying to solve an individual concern. And is it because of the training of the people who are answering the phone? I mean, it's people who are working in call centers. I have some experience uh dealing with people who say are answering a cancer hotline. Well, they're trained, but they don't necessarily know the answer that people are looking for. I think it's a capacity issue. Like we said with the Veterans Affairs, when there's a bit more money and a bit more capacity given, there's more attention, there's more phone lines, there's more people. Uh, it doesn't feel like there has been enough investment into making sure that everyday Canadians get the quick and appropriate answers that they need from their government. And so some of it is training, I'm sure, but I think you know, generally, there's just not enough people to answer the questions. Okay, Giddy, I'd like to get back to the other, uh, the, I, and I think more germane finding, which is that the number of refugee claimants are going up, the wait times are going up. And um, he also points to poor sharing of information between three or among three agencies that oversee the asylum system. Do you see that as something that might be a little easier to solve? I mean, where do we go with this? A hundred percent. There are basically three different agencies that are dealing with immigration, and they all have their own data collection system. And often, uh, an immigrant can be dealing with all three of those things, and it's very easy to fall through the cracks. So, for example, let's suppose you have somebody who comes to Canada makes a refugee claim, and somewhere during the process, uh, he gets married. So the Immigration and Refugee Board is going to consider the refugee hearing. Uh, it, the Immigration Department, CIC, uh, is going to deal with the sponsorship. And if he has to be removed from Canada, it's going to be the CBSA who deals with that uh, removal. There is no one agency that has all of the information, and often they work in a counterproductive way. So one is trying to finalize the sponsorship, let's say, the spousal sponsorship, while the other agency is in the middle of booking a flight for him to go home. So it's, it's crazy. And then, uh, for example, when that refugee claim, uh, that refugee claimant may be giving a change of address, he sends his change of address, for example, to the immigration department, uh, not realizing that he also needs to give a change of address uh, to the Immigration Refugee Board and possibly to the CBSA. And what happens when the, when the CBSA or the IRB does not get the proper change of address, somebody may go out and arrest him because he hasn't properly given uh, a change of address. He says, but I gave it, but it was to the wrong agency or only one of the two or three agencies that he was required uh, to deliver that change of address. So it causes unnecessary costs uh, detention, 
we lose hearing room days. Uh, it's just unbelievable that they don't at least all contribute to the same database of information. They and, all have their own individual uh, databases. And is it is it because they're feuding agencies, or is that just because the computers don't talk to each other, and that's another thing that needs some money? Well, you're duplicating everything, right? Uh, if you're making a refugee claim, for example, somebody at the IRB has to sit there and plug in your name, your date of birth, your address, your phone number, your spouse's name, etc. And then when you go and you do the sponsorship, for example, someone's got to do that all over again. Uh, and then a CBSA on the removal side will have to do that again. And a lot of times the information is not exactly correct. Wow. Uh, it's it's not consistent, and it's mind-boggling to try to get the the, 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 the three agencies to be talking about the same case. Um, they have uh, different uh, file numbers, even. Oh. So it, it, uh, really what, what, what we should be doing, we have to understand that we're dealing with a person, not one-third of a person. We're dealing with one person. So the agency has to have a system where we create an individual, and anything that happens to that individual is recorded in that individual unique uh, identifier number. Uh, so when somebody changes their address, everybody knows that. Yeah, it sounds simple enough, Giddy. I, I have to stop things there because we're out of time. Um, thank you very much. And Laura, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to wrap up this story. We need technology to be up to date. Information needs to be shared, but we still need to make sure that older people get personalized service. Okay. I think that uh, pretty well sums it up. Thank you so much, Laura Tamblin-Watts, Chief Public Policy Officer for CARP and Giddy Mammon. And uh, I suspect there is going to be more out of this AG report that we will have to tackle anon. And callers, if we couldn't get to you today, Free For All Friday is coming up. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.